I want to thank Audible for sponsoring today's episode. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. With Audible, you can download titles and listen offline anytime, anywhere. The Audible app, totally free. You can install it on all smartphones and tablets. Yep even your iPad. Cool thing too is you can listen across multiple devices without losing your spot. So for me, I can start out in the studio listening to it, working on the iPad. And then if I've got to leave, I can hop in the car and pick up right where I left off. They have thousands of titles available as well as tons of Audible originals that you won't find anywhere else. Like the one I'm listening to right now, if you've watched the YouTube channel before or you've heard my podcast, I'm sure you know that I'm a huge comic book fan and one of my all-time favorite series is The Sandman by Neil Gaiman, so fantastic, which is now available as an Audible original. So the Sandman Audible original, not only does it include Neil Gaiman on there, but there's a host of celebrity voices like young Professor X himself. That's right. James McAvoy voices dream. So, so cool. Seriously, when I'm drawing in the studio, I usually have either a podcast or an audio book on in the background to keep me company. And that's why I love Audible so much. You can help support the channel and get a free trial membership, which comes with your choice of one free audiobook. That's right. You could choose to get the Sandman and join me listening to this when you sign up for Audible at audibletrial.com slash BJ Dell. That's audibletrial.com slash BJ Dell. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the importance of being able to pivot in your art business, but this really applies to any business. So if you want to learn all about that and more, keep listening. Welcome to Make Money With Your Art. I'm your host, BJ Dell. I'm a freelance artist who took creating art as a hobby and turned it into a full-time business that brings in six figures a year. In this podcast, I'm going to share with you what I've learned along the way to help inspire and motivate other artists like you. So if you want to learn how to turn your creative passion into a successful online business, keep listening. Welcome back, everyone. If you listened to last week's episode, I read an email from a fellow artist that was kind of struggling to get their work out there, but at the same time was taking no ownership and making changes to get that to happen. And there was a part in that email which I talked about, and I said I wanted to focus an entire episode on, and that's going to be the topic of today's show. So let me read that part of the email to you here. I worked silently in the background of my mother's Etsy business until it had to be closed due to COVID-19, leaving me unemployed. Okay, so that's all the details that I have related to the business. I don't necessarily know what type of business it was or any of the types of products that they were offering or selling. And if I had to guess, maybe it was something related to weddings, because of course the wedding industry has been one of those industries super hard hit by COVID. It's always been a big money-making category on Etsy. So it could be that, Uh, maybe it's something else. Maybe it's related to invitations or birthday themes or even teaching supplies. I don't really know, but I can only assume that it has to do with something with an industry that can't sustain itself during a pandemic like we're going through right now. One thing that I can tell you, though, without knowing is that it's not because people aren't shopping on Etsy. Ever since the start of this whole mess that we're in right now, the Etsy platform has just been absolutely exploding. There's more people than ever selling on Etsy, more people than ever that are buying and shopping on there as well. And if you don't believe me, you can just hop on over and look at the stock market for proof. So Etsy was trading back the third week of March in the $30 range. 
And that same stock now is trading at over $130 at the time of me recording this. It actually hit a 52-week high of $141.41 recently too. So as you can see, the market's responding to the huge growth that Etsy's seeing and the platform just offers a huge opportunity that the market can see and it's reflected in the stock price. Which kind of brings me to my point, there may be times in your art business where you have to pivot and this really goes for any business, which is why I'm highlighting that comment from the email. Don't get me wrong, I just want to put this out there too. My heart goes out to the mom that had to shut down her business. I don't blame it on her. I really feel for her. I understand that things like that happen. And even though I don't know what her business necessarily was, I, I can assume that it was something successful if she was able to employ her daughter to help out with it. And if it was successful like that, it means that she understood the platform. She knew the ins and outs of how to list items. She understood kind of the nuances of keywords and how to write a listing. And she also had to have a pretty good grasp of customer service, which is definitely a necessary part of selling on Etsy. And this all, when I was thinking about this, really reminds me of back in the 80s, watching cartoons, watching G.I. Joe. At the end of every G.I. Joe cartoon, they had the little PSA tacked on at the end, and it ended with, knowing is half the battle. That was the quote from the PSA. And I think that is true here and can be applied. So having that knowledge of the platform and throwing in the towel instead of pivoting the business, instead of finding another approach to take, finding another product to offer, finding another customer to target, that knowledge already puts you ahead of the game. So why not use it to change and to adapt your business on the platform? If you're going to be in business for yourself, it's going to be necessary to adapt. You've got no control over what happens in the world. This pandemic is a perfect, perfect example of that. Seriously, who would have thought we would be where we are right now a year ago? It's just crazy to think about. And another thing that we've talked about before that ties in here is that you have no control selling on platforms that other people own. It's their sandbox. They basically just let us play in it and they can shut down that sandbox at any time. And if you're a seller on Merch by Amazon, you already know this because Merch was shut down for a little over a month earlier in the year due to the coronavirus. People that only focused on Merch had all their eggs in one basket, really kind of felt that when they shut off Merch because that was over a month of no income. And that all brings us back to the point, which we've talked about in other episodes too, that it's super, super imperative as an artist or a lot of businesses like this, that you have those multiple streams of income. So if one gets shut down, you have others to fall back on. Because the key here is the future is always unknown. You don't know what's going to happen next. And there's no one to depend on when you're in business for yourself. It all comes down to you. I can tell you from personal experience, being your own boss can be super liberating. Just remember that your success or likewise your failure is going to fall directly on your shoulders. You're going to bear all that weight. There's nobody else to fall back on. If you stand idly by and just kind of throw your hands up when things go south without trying to adapt and to change with everything that's changing around you, or you don't have other streams of income that can remain unaffected by whatever outside forces are going on, you're not going to make it. The business is going to fail. 
And this also brings me to what I touched on at the end of last week's episode two. I want to talk about some local examples here in town that I've seen personally in my community that uh, kind of illustrates this point. All this has happened since the pandemic started. So let's call this section the tale of two small businesses. So like a lot of towns, I'm sure probably yours, you have a lot of different shops that offer screen printing. The two shops that we're going to talk about today offer screen printing along with some other stuff in certain cases. But throughout this whole COVID-19 ordeal, there have been two in particular that stand out to me where I live that they've taken completely different approaches to responding to all the different changes in the world and how they pivot their business. So when you're faced with these obstacles in business, the way I would break it down is you have basically three different options. Number one, you can do absolutely nothing and just kind of hope for the best, kind of the ostrich with its head in the sand approach. Number two, you can be reactive and you can respond to changes after they've happened. Or number three, you can be proactive and try to control a situation by causing something to happen. So there's your three different choices. These cases here, one business decided to, number one, do nothing at first, and then decided to be reactive. And the second business then decided to be proactive right from the start. So hopefully this is going to illustrate the points between the two. So let's start with business one. This is kind of what I call the old guard business. They've been the local go-to for decades. I'm sure you've got a shop like this in your town, even if it's not a screen printing shop. It's just the one where people know they've been around just a staple in the community. And I see a lot of businesses like this. They get comfortable and they're used to doing things a certain way. They stick with them and they're going to be slow to adapt when things change. They've been around forever, so they kind of just think that they'll always be there because of that. And they depend on how long they've been around kind of is the reason why people shop there and why they should shop there. So it's almost like one of those things. We're part of the community, so you should be giving us your business. It's just the way things are. So that's going to be business one. And of course, since this is a podcast, I can't show you social media posts from them. So I'm going to read them. I've got them saved as screenshots, did a little digging beforehand. So I've got these kind of arranged. So like I said, starting out with shop number one, their uh, post, the first one I'm going to talk about comes from March 17th on Facebook. And this one starts out with sharing a post from someone else. And I've seen this type of post shared quite a bit. It's basically talking about the importance of supporting small business, supporting local small business during, you know, this trying time that we're all in. So I'm sure you've seen a similar post before, but this is the, the shared part of it. it says people, please get this out. Small businesses are suffering big time in the wake of COVID-19. One bad month can shutter a business forever. Go out to eat, no chains, get your hair done, buy your pet's food from an independent store instead of PetSmart, grab coffee from an independent coffee shop instead of Starbucks, choose a small business as often as you can. Target will survive, Walmart will survive, Olive Garden and Chili's will survive. Take your money to people who truly need it to survive. Shop small, shop independent, and keep the economy going. So number one, I agree with this. I agree supporting local small business. It's definitely a, a good step in making the right decision. The one thing I don't really agree with and I don't like this is the assumption that Target will survive, Walmart will survive, Olive Garden and Chili's will survive just because these 
people are big because they're massive corporations doesn't mean they're going to survive either. Just think if we had social media around 15, 20 years ago and had a pandemic like this and had a similar post and somebody put Sears will survive, JCPenney will survive. There's a lot of companies that are almost non-existent anymore or are totally gone due to bankruptcy that were big at the time back then that aren't even around now. So just assuming that somebody is big means they're going to survive is not the case. Some of those examples I just gave you, they were very slow to adapt over the years when, you know, online shopping took off and stuff like that. And they're not around anymore. Or if they are, their footprint in the United States is almost non-existent. So that's one part I don't agree with that post, but I thought I would point that out because it is all about pivoting. It doesn't matter if you're a small local business or if you're a huge national chain, you're going to have to pivot and to adapt over time. So that was the post they shared. And then of course they added their own kind of post to that. And it says food for thought during these times, we've always, always capitalized the whole thing, always been there for our community, donating tens of thousands of dollars, free clothes and our sponsoring teams, et cetera. We survive and thrive based on our community. So back to what I was saying about the old guard, We've been around. We expect people to come here. It's almost an expectation, like it's what you're supposed to do. We deserve this. It's kind of the same thing here. It's like, okay, well, we've always been there for you guys. We've donated all this stuff. We've done all this free giveaways. So now's the time that you need to pay it back to us because we deserve it. Okay, I understand if they did do all that stuff in the past, but really action speaks louder than words here in the current situation, the current day and times, everything that's going on to say we did it in the past. And now it's time to pay it back to us for me, kind of rubbed me the wrong way when I saw that. So there we go. That was uh, March 17th. That was kind of the first, I guess, uh, acknowledgement that something was going on in the world on their Facebook page. The next one that I'm going to talk about from them was May 11th. So we're going to fast forward a few months here. And this is coming back after the closures. And it says, as we reopen tomorrow, May 12th at 11 a.m., friendly reminder, you will not, will and not, all capitalized, you will not be required to wear a mask in our established. Yes, it says established. I think they meant establishment. We respect your decision to wear a mask if you would like. We will have hand sanitizer available for use. Also, we will be sanitizing surfaces throughout the day. Masks are meant for the sick, elderly, and people with weakened immune systems. We look forward to seeing every, and then it continues on from there. It's got see more, but since I took a screenshot of this, I can't click the see more. So that gives you an idea. One thing as I talk about certain aspects of these different posts between the two companies, I'm not making this a political stance by any means. I'm just pointing out some different things between the two and you can kind of make a decision for yourself of how this stuff comes off. So with this, they're pretty much making the stance. We're anti-maskers. We're not going to hold it against you. If you want to wear one in the store, that that's more than welcome. That's your right. But As we see it, masks are meant for the sick, they're meant for the elderly, and they're meant for people with weakened immune systems. That's who they're meant for. It's up to you if you want to wear them. That's their stance on May the 11th. Uh, This one kind of unrelated, but July 1st, they posted a flash sale. Two tees for $20 today only. It's a picture. It just says in text, flash sale, two tees for $20 and white on a black background with little firework 
emojis across the top. Doesn't show any t-shirts. Doesn't say what kind of t are these plain t-shirts? Are they school logo t-shirts? Are they random novel t-shirts? I don't know. It doesn't say so kudos to the, uh, the awesome marketing there that I can get two T's for 20, but I don't know what T's I'm getting. So that was, then I said back on July the 1st, Fast forward to July the 27th. Guess what they decided to start offering on July the 27th? That's right. You can pick up your school logo mask now. They're ordering them. They're bringing them in. July 27th, we're announcing that we're selling masks. What a far away we've come from back on May 11th saying that masks are meant for the sick, elderly, and people with weakened immune systems, and you don't have to wear them in our store, and we're not going to require people to wear them. But on July 27th, we want you to come to our store to buy masks. How about that? How quick things change or how not quick things change to go from that on May 11th to finally then on July 27th offering the thing that you were so against months before. So that's the 27th. Then on the 28th, they made another uh, post about masks. 29th, yet another post about how they sell masks. And then on August the 3rd, they posted again. It's a different one. Uh, actually, no, it's actually the exact same one, the post about supporting small businesses. So they took a screenshot of that and added the comment. We would be lying if we said the last four months have been easy. We missed 85% of spring sports sales due to this pandemic. So like I said, they are screen printers. A lot of their income comes from the local sports teams. They do t-shirts, they do jerseys, stuff like that, team uniforms. Not only have businesses like us suffered, but kids nearly had all their summer activities taken away. Help us stick around for another 50 years by simply purchasing a shirt, hat, mask, or any other apparel we sell. The And then they say the family name here, which I'll leave it out. Uh, the family and staff have always been about putting the customer community before ourselves. We will always remain true to that policy. So once again, hey, we're part of the community. We've been here for you guys. So you kind of owe us this. We've been around. We've helped out when we could. So if you want us to stick around, it's up to you. We need you to come in. Just buy something. It could be a shirt. could be a hat. Could be one of those masks that we told you a few months ago that you didn't need unless you were sick or elderly or had a weakened immune system, uh, but we'll sell you one of those now. So that's their follow-up post, like I said, August 3rd of saying, hey, uh, we, we need your help because you know we deserve it. We've been here. So the next post then, August the 3rd, this one kind of struck me funny here. Once again, not a political podcast, not talking politics, but I want you to see the comparison of how this is approached versus how the second shop approaches supporting a cause. So they posted a picture of a mask and said, who would be interested in these masks if we got them in? And it's a back the blue. It's a support of the police force mask with the black and blue stars and stripes with back the blue back the blue written it uh, white across the front of the mask. And there was comments saying, Hey, this is an awesome way to show your support for the guys and gals in uniform. Awesome that you're sticking up for the police and showing support when they support the community, blah, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Wearing a mask only goes so far. Absolutely nothing said. And there was no intentions of actually using any of the proceeds from the sales of this mask to support the local police department. Not even a national campaign fund for supporting the police. Nothing at all. Zero. It was not said, but 
pretty much said, we're taking 100% of the profits from this since they didn't say that they were donating any of the sales to support the actual cause that they're putting across the front of a mask. And you're going to see how that was approached different by number two shop. So that was that one on the August the 3rd, August the 4th, more pictures of masks, August 6th, more masks, August 7th, more masks, the 10th, the 11th, the 12th, the two days ago then posted another back the blue mask. Once again, absolutely no mention of donating any of the profits to support local police causes. And then one day ago, also more masks. So just an absolute onslaught of masks posts of going back. Like I said, May 11th, masks were only for the sick, elderly, and people with weakened immune systems. And now if you need a mask, they're the place to go to. They saw, okay, we kind of need to jump on this. But as I see it, a little bit too little too late. This is like I was talking about being reactive rather than proactive. They finally decided this is something that we need to do, but it was so many months down the line. So that's going to be shop number one. Let's go ahead and talk about shop or business number two. And this shop, it's fairly new. It's only been around for a couple of years, but they've already had to move locations once and expand due to how much growth that they saw. And let's look at this, see how they approach things differently during the start of the pandemic and kicking back to my screen here, my screen shots. So the first time that they mentioned about COVID, they actually started selling some just like uh, kind of proactive shirts around the the virus saying practice safe six which is you know kind of the six feet apart thing so they saw it early on and it, it's up to you how you want to take this if they're profiting off of you know uh, tragedy or anything like that but they saw it as a way of getting the the message out there of getting six feet apart and that was back in march uh, the other thing in March that happened on the 21st. So let's remember shop number one, they said, Hey, support small business, support us because we depend, our livelihood depends on you coming into our establishment to buy stuff. So come in here and spend money. That was how they approached it. They shared, you know, some, it was almost like a meme type thing. Uh, then the shop number two instead decided to do a, uh, local community has heart shirt. So it's got our city name has heart and you could order one of these shirts shipped. So shipping, printing everything for the shirt, $24 out the door to arrive at your house in your mailbox for 24 bucks. The thing with this is they were giving $10 of each sale to a local business. They had a list of probably 30 or 40 different small businesses here in town when you bought the shirt online, you got to select a small business from that list of 30 or 40 and $10 out of every single sale that they made of the shirt, they gave to the small business of your choice. So that just super, super cool. It goes a long way saying that, uh, you know, we're for the community, we're for, for small business and then putting your money where your mouth is and giving your profits to whoever the person buying the shirt wants them given to rather than saying support small business and just say, come to our store. You can see this is where I talked about before giving more than you take kind of giving back to the community, whether it's your local community or an online community, how far that goes in your art business. And this is a perfect example of that giving away 
10 bucks of each sale to a local small business. I just thought that was really cool. So that was back in March. I think the first time that they actually posted about masks was uh, back April 16th. They said they were going to start offering masks and then followed that up on April 19th because they were forward thinking enough that, okay, we've got all these businesses in town and they're probably going to start requiring employees to wear masks. If we switch and not having these delivery drivers, they're going to have to wear masks and they obviously are going to want those branded with their company logo. So, Hey, we're going to start offering masks and we can print them with your company logo. We can brand them for you. So how is that for being proactive, seeing something that you can change and pivot with your business, knowing that you're not going to be printing these shirts for the schools since schools are currently closed and you can start doing these masks for businesses. And then on May 17th, they decided, Hey, these kids are out of school now. So how about we go ahead and do school masks? There's a lot of kids that want to show off their school pride. There's a lot of alumni from the local area schools. So that's a good way too. So those started being offered on May the 17th. Uh, then June, we had a lot of the protests happening, the Black Lives Matter movement and the riots and everything else going around. And we had a small local protest here in town. So they got behind that and made a Black Lives Matter Enough is Enough t-shirt. Now, before you jump to conclusions on this and think, okay, that's really taking advantage of a situation, they actually gave away these t-shirts to anyone that came into the store that day that was going down to the protest. It was all downtown. Their store is located downtown. The protest was at the uh, courthouse. So people came into the store. They just gave these away. It was limit one per customer. If you had someone that wasn't there that you wanted to buy one for, or people just wanted to order one online, they gave back 100% of the profit to the Black Lives Matter movement. I think they ended up donating around like $3,200 to the Black Lives Matter movement. So it doesn't matter what side of the, the political line you fall on. The way I see it, there's only one way that this could go right. If you're going to try to sell something based on supporting a cause, that money that you raise has to go back to that cause. You can't just use it for yourself. And I think they approached that right here. So that was then, uh, let's see, August the 2nd, at this time, August the 2nd, the Post, they had distributed over 75,000 masks to the community since late March. So on August the 2nd, over 75,000 masks, and the shop number one decided to wait until July 27th to even start offering masks. So because they sat, waited for the changes to be done, waited just to you know have things work themselves out, they just totally destroyed an opportunity, totally wasted because they decided to, number one, do nothing and then be reactive rather than proactive. So that's just crazy. And then once again, giving back to the community, August 5th, shop number two posted that they wanted to give back even more since the governor mandated masks for K through 12 once schools went back into session. They knew that there was going to be a lot of kids out there that were underprivileged or from lower income homes homes that couldn't afford the masks. So they started a drive to donate masks. They said they were going to donate masks and you could also come into the shop, buy a mask 
at cost to donate to an underprivileged youth in school. So you just had to pay the cost. They weren't making any money off of it. And then ended up the next, I think the next day or two, no, next two weeks, uh, posted again and said they teamed up with another local business in town and they were able to donate over a thousand masks so far to local area use who couldn't afford them. So that is awesome too. The other company, like I said, or the other store, post after post after post after post of all these school masks with no talk of actually helping out others. It was just come in and buy these masks. You know, you want them. They're awesome. These are the best masks out there. While shop number two said, hey, we understand people can't afford these. So we want to help and give back. So that's just the stuff that really stood out to me between those two. And hopefully those two different examples here locally can help illustrate my point here and really kind of make you see that it's going to be imperative. If you want to make a career from your art, you're going to need to approach it as you would any other business, because at the core, that's basically what it is. It's a business. So that means that you're going to need to adapt. There's going to be times that you're going to need to pivot and you're always going to need to be on your toes because it's easier to be proactive rather than being reactive and it's going to help you out in the long run. So that's it for today's episode. Even though I don't do commission or client work any longer, I'm sure that there's some of you listening that either do or you would like to offer it as a service. So that's going to be the topic of next week's show. I'm going to cover just that. We're going to talk about knowing your worth as an artist. We're going to talk about how to price your work and how not to undervalue what you offer. And last but not least, here is this week's listener review from Jason Don't on Apple Podcast. Jason Don't says, holy moneymaker, if you're listen, if you're not listening or sub to this, you're wrong. I've heard a lot of podcasts about making money with art, but this by far has the most info. Don't miss out. So thanks for the review, Jason Don't. Make sure to rate and review the podcast for your chance to hear your review read on an upcoming episode. So that's it for this week's show. And until next time keep creating. All right, guys, that's it for today's episode. Just want to thank you for listening. Hopefully you gained some valuable information that you can apply to your own art business. If you want to check me out online, here's where you can find me and I'll go ahead and link all these in the show notes as well. So I've got a YouTube channel called Let's Draw with BJ Dell, where I post drawing tutorials and digital art how-to videos. If you want to hop on over there, be sure to subscribe and hit the bell so you can get notified when I post new videos. My website is bjdell.com. You can check out some of my artwork over there. Plus there's a contact form where you can send me any questions or suggestions for future episodes of the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at BJ Dell. And last but not least, I have a private group for artists over on Facebook called Keep Creating a Learn, Draw, Share Art Community, where you can share your art, get feedback, and just meet some really cool, supportive people. So really want you guys to be a part of that as well, too. So hop on over there and join the group. Once again, thanks for listening. And if you could do me a favor and leave a review for the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on and definitely share it with a fellow artist if you think they would enjoy it. So that's it for me. And until next time, keep creating.